0: Welcome to Practical Christian Living.
1: The Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to the apostles and to James separately. So somewhere along the line, Jesus shows up after his resurrection to James by himself. James, I just wanted to say, God's got a call on your life. You're going to be the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. Whatever he talked to James about, whatever, he appeared to James.
0: God had a specific purpose for James, the brother of Jesus. James led the church in Jerusalem and rather than name drop on whose brother he was, he opens the book of James by referring to himself as a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus may have been James's brother, but he was more so James's savior. With part two of our opening study in the book of James, here's Robert Furrow, pastor of Calvary, Tucson.
1: Peter withdrew from the Gentiles and ate with those Jews that came and set up their own little table apart from the Gentiles. And when Peter saw that, he left the Gentiles and went and joined his brothers at the Jewish table. And Paul says, I withstood him to his face. And then I went to Jerusalem and I met with Peter And I met with James, and I met with John. He doesn't mean James, John's brother. He means James, the brother of Jesus. And he goes, so-called, and I love that he throws in so-called, so-called pillars in the church. So-called. He challenges them. He says, these guys are the pillars. So even though James isn't one of the disciples, he's still a pillar in the early church. So much so that when Paul wanted to make sure that he was doing what was right, and Paul recognized, if I'm preaching something, That is different than what these guys are preaching Then, And remember Jesus appeared to Paul as well He appeared to James And he appeared to Paul Paul said he appeared to me as if um, One born out of time But he also knew If these guys are teaching something different than I'm teaching Then I'm wrong So Paul went to Jerusalem to see if what he was teaching Was the same thing And they said we don't want to put any restrictions On the Gentiles you're ministering to Paul we just want to make sure that they don't And they threw out a few little things We want to make sure that you give to the poor And we want to make sure that you don't eat things that have been strangled That have still have blood in them Which was very kosher, okay And Paul writes the very things we wanted to do In other words, Paul isn't real impressed with their, with their little list of things to do we, Okay, you guys don't have to be circumcised But we want to make sure that you give money to the poor Paul goes, we already do that It's the very thing we wanted to do. Okay, we'll follow your little rules. In other words, Paul's saying, there was no restrictions put on them. They could just come to Christ. And because of that battle that happened, I'd say battle, but because of that confrontation between Peter, James, the brother of Jesus, and Paul, we today are not Jewish. We don't have to go join Jewish churches or do Jewish things. We are now free to serve Christ from that place of freedom. Now that is the James that wrote the book of James. James, the brother of Jesus. James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. James, who is very Jewish, ministers to Christians in Jerusalem who are Jewish. Paul is traveling around the world. His M.O. is to go to the Jew first and then to the Gentile A few Jews give their lives to Christ and then a lot of Gentiles do. That's what happens when Paul goes around the world and preaches. But not a lot of Gentiles have joined the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem are Jewish Christians who are under great persecution and who are thrust into poverty because of the commitment that they have made to Christ. There is a price tag on the faith of the early Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. So much so that some of the richer Jews that were, had become Christians Began to throw their money in And say let's just all live in a commune Let's just all live together And you remember Barnabas was an extremely wealthy man And Barnabas gave everything that he had To the commune and just began to go And live with them Then Ananias and Sapphira were some rich people as well They came in and they said we want to be like Barnabas We, we give everything when they only give it half or whatever They didn't give it all But then they bragged like they did And they ended up dying for it <laughs> It's kind of a, a, a brutal account there in the book of Acts But that's the world that James is in. It's a radically different world than the world that Paul was in. Paul sent out to the Gentiles, James, in that very Jewish environment. Now, it says, James, a bondservant of God. Again, he could have said, the brother of Jesus. James, the one that grew up with them. He didn't do that. I'm sure that James had a sense of credibility because he was the brother of Jesus The half-brother of Jesus, as it were I'm sure there was credibility to that I'm sure people knew it I'm sure they talked about it Hey, James is the, the pastor of the church here in Jerusalem And he's the half-brother of, of Jesus We know early writings speak of James being the half-brother But James doesn't do it himself And that's good, that's, that's humble It's a humble thing to say, a bondservant A bondservant is the word dulos, right? We know that word, right? It's a servant by choice we see slavery through the eyes of the South in America. Very ugly thing. No one's arguing that. Slavery in Rome was a very ugly thing. Slavery throughout history, around the world, was an ugly thing. That didn't mean that there weren't those that were involved in slavery that, were not, that weren't blessed in slavery. I realize it's kind of a hard thing to say, okay? It's hard for me to say it. It's hard to to really understand it because of the negative aspect of what slavery was in the South here. But there were people who were slaves and were proud to be slaves. They had chosen to be slaves. And they were doulos. A doulos was a person who had an opportunity to be free or a doulos was a person who was free and said, I want to become your servant. I want to become your property we can't imagine people doing that saying I want to give up my freedom and I want to become your property but they did it and they loved the people whom they worked for another uh, situation in which they might become a doulos they would be a slave for someone they would have a wife and children as a slave and then they would be set free on the year of Jubilee the seventh year would come along they were set free well but the wife would stay as a slave and the children would stay as slaves so you in order to be with your wife and children may very well go I'll, I'll become a doulos and the sign of, of someone being a doulos a bond servant was you would go to the doorpost of your master's house he would drive an awl through your ear put an earring in your ear that was a sign that you were a bond servant a bond servant of Jesus maybe we should start having a doorpost at the church we go and drive in bond servants of Christ alright now it's a bad idea some of you are going yeah <laughs> Some of you guys with, you know, earrings all up and nose and brow. Yeah, let's do it. Earrings for Jesus. Yeah, I like it. All right. So James, a bond servant. So now we know who James is. We kind of get a, re- a feel for why he writes what he writes because of his Jewish background. There's a lot of Jewish aspects to the book of James. A bond servant of God. And here he says of his own brother and the Lord Jesus Christ. At one point, he had thought that he was beside himself. But now he says, of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Theos, Yahshua Mashiach. The Lord, Jesus Christ. Whom he had surrendered to, and he had found his salvation through his half-brother. If a prophet is without honor in his own home, how much less honor does he have in your own family? Again, thinking... I think my brother's the Messiah. This is so weird. (laughs) Could you imagine? But there came a point where he trusted in God, his brother, his half-brother, and he gave his life to Jesus, and now he says, James, a bondservant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Uh, Notice, first of all, that it says, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. You guys have heard of the 10 missing tribes of Israel, right? That there, uh, in the history of Israel, there was one nation under David, King Saul, and then King David, and then King Solomon. For those three generations of kings, there was one nation, south and north. And then when Solomon died, he had a son by the name of Rehoboam We could put a tagline You know how James is called James the. the James, by the way is called James the just okay? We have James the, the, the great Who was the one that was killed We have James the less Which is James the son of Alphaeus Who was the disciple we don't know anything about James the less And, and James was called James the just Which we almost understand that When we read the book that he wrote We kind of get it James was known for having knees That were calloused From all of the time that he spent praying Okay so we go back to um, Rehoboam I was like what, what rabbit trail did I go off on there uh, You come back to Saul The kingdoms unite under Saul The kingdoms united under David The kingdoms united under Solomon Solomon has a son by the name of, of Rehoboam And we should call Rehoboam, Rehoboam like James the Just We should call him Rehoboam the Idiot Because Rehoboam was just stupid And some of, of Solomon's counselors said to Rehoboam Listen, lighten up on the taxes Your dad overtaxed the people Lighten up on the taxes and these people will love you forever. They'll hoist you up on your, their shoulders and you will be their king forever. And some of the young counselors, these were the new generation, came alongside of Rehoboam and said, no, tell them I'm going to lay more taxes on you. My dad only started to tax you guys. I'm going to really tax you. And he said that. He said, my dad's taxes was like a pinky and my taxes are going to be like a waste. That's how much I'm going to tax you. Those were his words. Ooh, big fancy words, Rehoboam. Half the nation left. There was a civil battle or civil war in Israel. And they were divided. And ten nations abandoned them and went to the north. And two nations, uh, Judah and Benjamin, made up what we call Judah. That's why when you're reading 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, you'll read about the kings of Judah and you'll read about the kings of Israel. And the kings of Judah are the kings that are in the lineage. They're the descendants of David. They're the kings that are in the lineage of Jesus. And the kings of Israel are are these kings that are just all kind of weird and mishmash. They aren't in the kingly line of David at all. In fact, when they rebel, there's a servant of Solomon named Jeroboam. You have Rehoboam, the idiot. And you've got Jeroboam. And I call them the Boam brothers, even though they're not related. Just because that's when the kingdom divided. Rehoboam and the... uh, Yeah Jeroboam in the south No Jeroboam in the north Rehoboam in the south Okay And there was a divided kingdom That happened from that As time went on Both kingdoms deteriorated In their godliness They went further and further away from God The southern kingdom of Judah Stayed closer If you read the kings There was good kings There was bad kings There was good king, bad king, good king, bad king Good king, good king, bad king, bad king Bad king, bad king, good king, bad king Okay When you read the kings in Israel, it's bad king, bad king, bad king, bad king, good king, bad king, bad king, bad king, good king, became bad king, good king, good king, bad king. It's mostly bad kings, okay? And Israel just walks away from God, and they begin worshiping these two golden cows, one set up in a place called Dan, and one set up in a place called Bethel. And Jeroboam, who's afraid that people are going to go back to Rehoboam, and he's raised up by God, and out of fear, he puts these cows up, and for a long time, the nation of Israel worships these cows. And so God finally says Because of your idolatry And not repenting from the sin of Jeroboam I am going to send you into exile And they are dispersed By Syria Assyria attacks them And takes them into captivity And then About a hundred years later Approximately Judah is taken into captivity by Babylon Now the ten tribes That went into Assyria Disappeared We don't know where they went We don't have any background for them. We don't know where these 10 tribes went to. And so those are called the 10 missing tribes. Now, there are some people who believe that the 10 tribes, you can tell that how much I believe it because I laugh as I start to tell it, that these 10 tribes made their way over to Europe and that the Hebrew word for man is ish. And now in Europe, you have the Danish, you have the (laughs) Swedish, and these are the 10 tribes. I like what Chuck Smith says. Can you kind of get a picture for you, Chuck's voice? Chuck says, You have the Danish, you have the Swedish, and you have the foolish. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) It's right on the nose. That is foolish. What happened to those 10 tribes? Well, there's a passage in the Old that talks about them kind of working their way back. They worked their way back into Judah. They were taken by Assyria. Judah was taken into Babylon. If you look at a map today, you can see. think about when we got this conflict with Syria going on right now. So you've got Syria right next to Iraq. Syria today would be Assyria, maybe a little larger than what Syria is today. And Babylon would be Iraq. On the other side of Babylon, we have Iran, which is Persia in biblical times. So when the Bible talks about Persia, that's Iran. The Bible talks about Babylon that's Iraq and the Bible talks about Syria that's Syria so 10 tribes were taken into Syria two tribes the rest of them were eventually taken into Babylon and then they came back and all of them kind of came back yes the majority came back from Judah and came back from Babylon into Israel during the days of Ezra the days of Nehemiah but also the others came back as well so it was the 12 tribes that had been scattered abroad and that were brought back once again Okay, so right here when he says the 12 tribes, did doesn't say the two tribes, the 12 tribes that were scattered abroad. And they went out and they came back and they were sent out. Now, there was also another dispersion. There was a dispersion that happened in Acts chapter eight when, when James, excuse me, when Stephen was martyred. And you remember that they threw, their, the people who martyred, who stoned Stephen, put their coats at the feet of a young man by the name of Saul, who it says was wholeheart- in wholehearted agreement of the death of Stephen. And you remember Stephen was being stoned when he looked up to heaven and he said, I see heavens open and I see the Son of Man standing by the right hand of God. And then, and then he was stoned to death by them and Saul was there. The Bible says that Saul went out and persecuted the church. And it was while he was on the persecution road, literally to Damascus, which is Syria, to Damascus, that God knocked him off of his donkey. He saw a bright light. He became blinded. And God put a call on Saul's life. And Saul became Paul of Tarsus, who wrote most of the New Testament. And that during that time, there was a persecution in Jerusalem that caused many people to be spread out abroad, And that is eventually where Paul went. Paul was part of the problem that sent them out from Jerusalem and spread them around the world, and then Paul went to those very communities and won them to Jesus. Kind of a strange thing the way God works, huh? God does work in mysterious ways. That there would be this guy, persecutor, who would spread, and then he would go out and say, by the way, you need to be, Jesus is the Messiah, and you need to follow him. So that was the dispersion as well. Now, then there was another dispersion, and that came in 66 AD. It was actually a little bit before that. By the way, it's interesting. The church in Jerusalem left when Rome marched on on Jerusalem and persecuted the Jews in 66 AD when Titus marched in. Jesus had said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, flee to the mountains. We know that Jesus is talking about the last days. But when they were there in 66, when the Christians looked up and saw the armies beginning to surround Jerusalem, they fled. They fled. They just did what Jesus said. And they were rescued from the fate of the Jews during that time. But during that persecution, the Jews were kicked out of Rome. The Jews that lived in Rome were kicked out of Rome. They were chased from city to city. And it was the final and last dispersion. And from that, Jewish people went literally all around the world. You would find Jewish people in every aspect, in every community around the world. And we understand that when we understand how widespread the persecution was under Nazi Germany of all of these different people that were dispersed around, literally around the world. They were also dispersed into the Arab world and had been there for thousands of years. There were those that had gone, were taken into captivity into into Iraq, into Babylon, who stayed there from generation to generation. Until 1944 during the war when they were persecuted and driven out of Iraq. So there were whole Jewish communities that were driven out of Persia, Iran, out of Iraq, out of Syria, that had been there for thousands of years. You never hear that. You hear the Palestinian conflict. And I'm not pro-Jewish over Palestinian. I think the Palestinians should have their homeland. I think the Palestinians should have done it in the very beginning. In 1947 when the British gave up the land of Israel They told Israel declare yourself a state And they told the Palestinians declare yourself a state The Palestinians said we don't want to Not as long as they're a state The Jewish people declared themselves as a state The Palestinians attacked them From the very beginning They could have had a state And I still think that they should have a state And Palestinians and, and Jews are working together To some degree uh, there today But there's, that's a wide dispersion And so James is writing his letter to all of these guys, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. That's the general, that's the general greetings. Uh, Paul used grace and peace. James uses the same greetings when he writes a letter in Acts chapter 15 to the churches that are out there. Uses the same word. It's just a general greeting that they would use. And then he gets right down to business. Let's look at a couple of things here and we'll wrap it up for today And we'll we'll look at trials and persecutions But we get a feel for where he goes with this As he starts to give them a test He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance The first thing that he says is that we're going to be tried And there was great trials taking place for Jewish Christians Not only did they have persecution for being Jewish But they had persecution for being Christian from the Jews of their day And then he says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask with faith. And you just kind of get an idea. Some have called the book of James the Proverbs of the New Testament. Because when you read it, he just goes from topic to topic to topic to topic. But as you look at what he's doing, you follow it, you see that he's looking at the way we live and the parts of our lives and how we're supposed to respond. For example, he goes on to say in verse 4, actually verse 9, actually verse 10. All right, eventually he goes on to say, he goes on to say, if someone is tempted, don't say that you're tempted of the Lord. So he goes on, you know, a real Christian doesn't, a real Christian takes responsibility. A real Christian doesn't go, it's God's fault that that this is happening in my life. God's the one who caused me to do this. A real Christian takes those, and and he goes on through the book. Turn to the very last verse of the book. I'll close there. (laughs) How's that for a transition into a closing? That's like landing the plane. Bam, there it is. Verse, uh, Verse 20 of chapter five. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. He says, if you've walked away from God and you're sinning and you grab somebody and you save them and you change them, you have saved a sinner from death. You've actually rescued him. James doesn't believe in this spiritual fatalism. Spiritual fatalism is God's already got people saved That are going to be saved And people lost that are going to be lost There's nothing that the lost people can do to get saved And there's nothing the saved people can do to get lost So, you know, que sera, sera Whatever will be, will be We're just who we are And, you know, that's kind of the reformed What well, I call it uber-Calvinism There's not, you know, there's Calvinism Then there's uber-Calvinism That uber-Calvinism is the, the one that says Look, God chooses and you don't have a choice But yet the Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And so what James is saying is not opposed to what Paul said about faith, but saying, eventually your life's got to show it. And if your life is still full of sin, then you need to go back to the cross. You need to have a real, solid transformation. For, For someone who believes that, hey, God chooses some and doesn't choose others, what do you do once you examine yourself and decide I'm not a believer? What do, you, what do you do if you read the book of James or the book of 1 Peter or you examine your life as it says in 2 Corinthians to know whether or not you're a Christian and if you believe you're either saved or lost you don't have a choice? What do you do when you determine, well, I'm not really a Christian, I'm not living like a Christian? Just go away? What do, what do you do? Well, the spiritual fatalism is never taught in the, the Bible. What, what do you do if you find out you're not living for Christ? You change. You say, God, forgive me have real faith that changes you and causes you to want to do what God wants you to do. And then you're able to look at your fruit and go, the fruit of my life now shows that I've made a real commitment to Christ. That's what we'll find as we make our way through the book of James. Stand with me, would you? And let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you again for your word. We thank you as we take time to dive into the book of James the understanding that we have as to James the just and uh, who he was. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to have a good understanding as we get into the the different details that he covers, this very practical book. May we apply it in a a way in our lives that really makes a difference. We thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living with Robert Furrow. We hope that our verse-by-verse studies truly help you to see that God is real. He wants a personal relationship with you. And His Word is life-changing. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. For our local listeners, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses, our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco, meets saturdays at 6 p.m and sundays at 9 45 a.m our west campus south of palo verde and i-10 meets sunday mornings at 8 30 and 11 a.m our midweek service times are wednesday evening at 6 p.m at our east campus and 7 15 p.m at our west campus if you prefer you can watch our service at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org